Ciao e benvenuto nel mondo dello sport. Ciao e benvenuto al Giro d'Italia. La cosa continua continua muy bella proprio qui. I apologize to any perhaps Italians or Italian speakers listening for absolutely destroying the beautiful Italian language. But hello and welcome to the world of sport. Hello and welcome to the daily Giro d'Italia ish show. The daily ish show because well to be frank I'm not very consistent uh yes that's pretty much that stage three of the Giro d'Italia was absolutely fantastic won by Taco van der Horn for Intermarche one to Group honestly it was incredible he attacks with um Pete Salou I think is uh, I think it was I I can't remember the rider for some reason I watched it as well of course uh, <clears throat> I wasn't watching it live you see so uh Simon Pelu that's the one uh Palau he, uh, I can't remember what team he rides for but uh yeah I wasn't watching it live of course because I was at school however I did watch the hour long highlights on Eurosport and they do tend to leave quite a chunk out so uh, I do apologize if it's uh, if even myself I'm a bit confused but basically the peloton only started to actually ride and realize that they had to go for Taco van der Horn it was out front with Simon Pelot uh, within like 10k to go and then they came within like 50 meters of a poor guy uh, as he was crossing the line it was incredible what a ride from him he had he, he had belief that he'd uh, he'd win the stage i'm assuming that you watched it if you're listening in a sense but Damn, 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 he was brilliant. Uh, a rider I've heard of, of course, uh, brilliant, the Dutchman, cracking. Uh, won a stage of the Bink Bank Tour, I think, a few years ago. Came just outside the top ten in that race, if I remember right. But it was, yet again, really, really disappointing from Cofidis. Uh, Elie Viviani still hasn't got a World Tour win under his belt for them. Uh, they they really messed themselves up. They only started to ride with 10k to go. I mean, Bora would be annoyed with themselves riding for Sagan. They they rode all day, still couldn't get it done. Just just wasn't good enough. Uh, speaking of them, uh, Matteo Fabro was riding on the front for them for a little while. One of my really favourite riders. I think he'll be something special when he gets a bit older. I've had my eye on him for a little while now. I like the kid. But anyway, he was riding on the front of one of the climbs. It was a tough day today. It was a very, very, very tough day. Um, as the Giro d'Italia this year really, really is. It's it's very, very tough. But uh, yeah, there's there's not a ton to say about the stage. It was it was good, lumpy, yeah, good stage. Uh, David Chimulai came in second for Israel Startup Nation. I don't know what they've done to their jerseys. To be frank, I don't know if if I'm just being the grunt that I am, but. Their jerseys, I, I encourage anybody to look at them because they are ugly as hell. They are so bad. I wanna be I wanna be nice about them because they've clearly put in effort, but it just it 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 just hadn't translated. It just it just looks bad, to be frank. Uh, I'm not a fan of their jerseys. But yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry if I'm coming into this a little bit pessimistic. It's been a tiring day, shall we say. I've had PE all afternoon, and that was quite the laugh, you see. Always is, always is, a bunch of running and stuff. So, you know, it, it takes it out of you mentally. You just can't be bothered by the end. But, uh, you know, the Giro, 
it's always a good thing to come home to. I just wish I could have watched it live because the finish was fantastic. I'm not sure when the finish time was, uh, but uh, I reckon I probably could have probably could have watched the end if I hadn't have walked home. But he won an 8.6 kilometer solo attack. Just brilliant ride, Taco Van der Horn. I hope he's cycling Taco Fall. And if you don't know any much about basketball at all, at all because Taco Fall's not a big basketball player. Uh, basically, there's a guy who plays for the Boston Celtics called Taco Fall. Um, his only two attributes are that he's like seven foot five, and his name is Taco, and everybody loves him because of that. He's an absolute beast. He's so big, uh, absolute just hilarious guy. He's not even that bad, but he just he's just kind of a meme. And uh, and I hope Taco uh, Vanderhorn is kind of similar. Actually, I, I want to tell a, a little story about tacos, and that's um. Well, firstly, they are absolutely manky. Like I remember, it was a, a year ago, I think, and at my school they were interviewing potential new heads because they uh, changed the heads. I think uh, I think she left, and uh, I I was picked to interview them because you know, look at me, five star student, uh, to be expected, to be expected, and uh, we we'll, we obviously have to make the school look really good for him, so he so he actually is wants to get the job, and so uh, we're in the lunch hall. And what do I see? The one uh, meal out there that I just hate, and it was tacos. The, the, the way that school does it is just absolutely manky, absolutely rank. I don't, I don't know what we're doing. I don't know what they're doing. They put so much funding into it, and it's just it's just horrible because it's it's a private outsourced company. Like it's not just like your average school dinner. It's like a private company who who were paid to do it. So I don't know how they've done it so badly, but. I was like, oh, for God's sake, because I saw it was that. And I was had to, like, big it up, and uh, I, I kind of did it as a little joke to myself. While I was eating it, I was like, oh, food here, fantastic. Never go wrong, never go wrong, never been disappointed. While I'm sat there with a, a steaming hot pile of rubbish on my plate, it was god-awful. And, and, uh, and as he's trying to ask everybody questions and stuff, I'm just sat there with the most disgusting sauce just dripping down my hands when I'm trying to eat some horrible taco thing. It was just, it was just shocking. And why do the shells have to be so hard? I, I, I just, I just fancy a wrap, mate. That's, that's all I want. I don't, I don't need all this faff. I don't need the hard, the, the, the hard shell and stuff. It's just, it just seems like a bit of a faff to me. Like the Americans like it, and that's fine. But no, uh, tacos aren't for me. But I think it's very memeable. So I'm a big fan of Taco Vanderhorn. He's he's officially under the World of Sport podcast uh, wing. You know I'll always be looking out for him no matter what he does now. Yeah, a Grand Tour debut as well is what makes it so fascinating. He's he's just absolute class. Uh, yeah, I, I I just about stage one. I know I'm a few days late, but of course I didn't really talk about him the last two. Um, I can't believe that I've underestimated Rem Crevenpol because he looks really good. Him and Jao Almeida apparently have some kind of dual leadership personally I'm I'm never really too much of a fan of those because they always seem to end up in bits yeah uh I can't remember who it was but oh yeah it was a Movistar when they tried their trident and it was shocking it was Nara Quintana Alejandro Valverde and Mika Landa and just it just didn't work on any level they just there was no chemistry, there was no happiness. Everybody on that team that year just looked depressed to be there. I don't know. I see the thing with Movistar is 
they're such a great team, and they are very well managed, as you can see off the Netflix documentary. Um, I can't remember what it's called now, but it's it's very good. It's all in Spanish, but subtitles. I, I watched it. I, I really liked it. It just it kind of seemed like everybody was unhappy to be there. Like Mark Soler at the minute, their best rider. I mean, I don't know why I put him in my top five GC for this because. I don't think he. I don't really think he has the mentality to could do that well on GC. I just think he'll attack on stage three and just keep going for that. He's that kind of rider. He'll win your stages and maybe get you the odd good GC result. But yeah. So uh, moving on to talk about stage four. I suppose, like I said, these episodes are very unscripted, which is why they're so short because I never really know what to say. I just think it's a bit more fun. Like, if I had somebody to, to, to talk about it with, then I, I definitely do it, but of course I don't. So I, I just kind of, like, waffle into my to my little microphone in front of me and uh, talk about the cycling. Because uh, as much as I love the Giro, this is kind of preparation for the Tour de France. And, and I've actually timed this very badly because I have my end of years in about, end of year exams in five, six weeks' time. No, no, no not even that long, about a month's time. They're just over. I think it starts in a month and five days. And, uh, and I've decided to start doing daily, so uh, I will be doing my revision, don't don't worry about that. But um, yeah, it won't, be quite as good. it won't be quite as good as I'd hope, because I will have to do revision on the side. Well, in theory, this should be the side thing, shouldn't it? If, if my teachers ever get their hands on this, I'll be livid. <laughs> Especially my maths teacher, even though he's very nice, I, I didn't do so well in maths, you see. It's just, you have subjects that... Because you don't enjoy them, like, at all, you just, you, you don't have any passion for it, you'll never, ever do well. It's like, I, I suppose I'm a big, like, passion guy, and that's why I can relate sometimes to cyclist Mike Marksler, like, he has to have his mind perfectly in it to do it, but I'm kind of an all-or-nothing person when it comes to work, so, like, when it comes to the podcast, I'm, I'm all in, because I'm 100% passionate, like, most of the time. Whereas for schoolwork, I've often found that since the pod, even though obviously lockdown's a big factor missing that much time off of school, I've kind of found that I do find it a bit harder to concentrate because this is my passion and I'm and I can only do what I'm passionate about, and that's why I pretty much stopped talking about basketball on the pod. It's just I'm not I'm not really passionate about it as I am about cycling, and that I just absolutely adore. But yeah, like uh, when it comes to end of year exams, I'll, I'll start revising. I'll start revising. I'm really sorry. I know I'm rambling, and that's probably not what, uh, not why you're here because you might have just searched up Giro d'Italia and stumbled across this. So uh, apologies if you are. That nobody's realistically going to be listening at this point. But if you are, let me know uh, on social media and that. Thank and just thank you. You're you're a bit of a cool dude. But anyway, it's taken me about five, ten, a thousand minutes to get onto this stage four. It's an uphill finish. Things you love to see. I don't have any favourites for this as such, but I'd be looking out for Dan Martin. I think this. I think actually today's stage, stage three, would be the kind of race that Michael Matthews would be absolutely on fire for because Michael Matthews is kind of the most disappointing best rider there is because back in like 2017, he was a really good sprinter and so he won the green jersey. And then he kind of went through a phase of where well, he is in this phase of, of them becoming a really good climber as well. But now he's in the space where he's in between the two. And the whole thing seems very indecisive. Like he can't decide what to focus on. And I he'll never win often because his skill set is too vague. But like uh, it's like 
Peter Sagan, this kind of happened to him. It happens too much to these guys who aren't pure sprinters. Like they, they, they get too much into the climbing aspect and and they lose out. But stage four, I'm I'm gonna pick out maybe Dan Martin for this stage. I, I think he'll be good. It's Dan Martin is riding this, isn't he? Of course he is. Uh let me get up his rail. There should be, if I remember right. Um sorry, the team's can gone. And getting up the start list. Apparently, Israel just don't exist. Genuinely, that they're not even on there. Uh, that is very, very, very weird. I'm really sorry about this. Uh, <laughs> I can't. I can't believe it. But uh, yeah, where are they? Where are they? Where are they? Come on, come on. Israel, yeah, Dan Martin is riding this. Of course, I knew it. But you know when you doubt yourself, even though you know that you know it. I do it all the time in tests, like constantly. But I'd be looking out for the Dan Martin, maybe a Peter Sagan day if he's still there, a Rudy Mallard, or maybe even uh, Tony Gallopan, who attacked today with uh, Julio Ciccone. Uh, I love Julio Ciccone. He's really good. Uh, I was kind of on his sort of hype train before. Well, not that there is a massive one. Uh, before his yellow jersey. Because uh, of what he does in the climbers uh, classifications, really fantastic rider Julie Ciccone. Uh I wanted to see him ride GC. It was almost disappointing to see him attack with um, Tony Gallopan today because I want to see Ciccone fighting for GC because he's definitely got the legs. He's got the altitude training to do that, and he's not. He's attacking with Tony Gallopan. It just it's just things that should not be happening. Very disappointing from him, uh, but uh, respect to him for at least trying and attacking, because I know he had a very tough year last year with coronavirus and such. I'm, pre I'm pretty sure he had it twice, if I remember right. Uh, I'm not sure, though. Yeah, like, Fernando Gaviria just hasn't been the same since uh, his coronavirus. Finished shockingly uh, stage but stage two, really, really bad finish for him. I can't remember where he came, but he wasn't even fighting for it. And the irony is Viviani, who hasn't won a race, said that he'd be following his wheel, which is just hilarious. And uh, a little bit of other news. Apparently, Sam Bennett is set to lead the Koenig quick step because um, Patrick Lefebvre won't pay his wages. And it's fair that everybody who goes there wins, no matter who the sprinter is. So it kind of makes sense for them to just go for a lower budget one, like maybe even Cav if he's on form. But I don't think he will be next year. It's really interesting. I don't know where he'll go. Personally, if I was him, I'd just stay where he's happy and try his best to, to win there because he's going to win with De Kernick and because they're such a great team. But who knows if he does, if he goes to a team like UAE, who've absolutely killed Fernando Gaviria's career, to be frank. Uh, when was the last time he won a race? He didn't win in 2020, I don't think. Uh, um, let me have a look. Do apologise. Yep. Uh, no, he won once in 2020, and that's it. Day called it a day. He called it a day. No, uh, no, no. Four wins in twenty twenty. No world tour wins in twenty twenty. Of course, that's yeah. Uh, I did get a bit caught up last year, but not a great year for Gaviria. Personally, Sam Bennett, he should stay. I did kind of quick step. He won't, but yeah. Well, I suppose that'll do it. I've kind of brought myself to the conclusion. There's not much more for me to waffle about until tomorrow, where I can get a bit more in depth. I suppose. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you soon. Bye-bye-bye.